0: All right, we have a great episode of Side Retired, the Emily podcast coming at you guys today. Kyle Gelling of Barstool Sports will be joining us. So, Nico, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, the MLB podcast. It's Dylan Campion and Nico Fernandez. As always, before we introduce our guests, Nico,
1: how are you doing? Good, bro. I mean, I've spent like the last week just watching the Phillies beat every single team by 15 runs or more. So I just trying to figure out if a team beats them. So my prediction's looking good right now. So we're, we're feeling good.
0: Really good. And especially as a Mets fan like myself and as Kyle will further get into watching the Rangers and the Phillies dominate in the playoffs has definitely been interesting to say the least. But of course, we were joined today by Kyle Gelling. He's a social programming editor and social media manager for Barstool Sports. He also co-hosts the Mets podcast, We Gotta Believe at Barstool. So Kyle, welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me guys. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. So the first question we ask All of our guests is really open-ended, and it's just for people who don't know you in the sports world. Who are you? What's your journey? And I guess this sort of way that you can dictate where the conversation is going to go.
2: All right. So I've been at Barstool coming up on five years now, which time flies when you're there. It's just like you're in a time warp completely. But uh, I kind of have a background in a ton of different sports. Uh, I went to GW. Shout out. I know you go to Georgetown, but (laughs) GW. I uh, played baseball there. I did sports marketing for their program after I graduated. Then I worked for the Mets. Then I worked for Major League Baseball. And now I'm at Barstool. So I kind of have a feel for how the teams work, how the league works, and how like an independent media company works. So I've gotten a ton of experience from that and the way that they handle their employees and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. So you guys let me know where you want me to start, how it, how it got to where I am now. Like I'm, I'm going off of you.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's always good to have open books on the podcast, <laughs> especially because like I like to talk to walls. So um, you're talking about it. I mean, again, a lot of experience doing um social media, obviously working for one of the biggest media companies in the world. What's that kind of like the day-to-day of you know, just being in baseball? Obviously, of the We Gotta Believe podcast. How's that day to day doing baseball on social media for Barstool?
2: So at one point, I was running starting nine, which is our now Barstool Baseball, which is all of Major League Baseball, and it was just me and one other guy who would make graphics occasionally. So it was, you know, nine ten months of nonstop, early morning, late night, West Coast games, all of that. So you really have to have like the passion for baseball, which I obviously <laughs> do, um, but it does weigh on you after a while because it's so many hours, it's so much time and dedication, nights, weekends, holidays, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Basically for Barstool, which I love if you're like an independent worker is they just let you do your own thing. Like there's check ins, you have meetings like any other company. But when it comes down to it, it's like if you're not hearing from anybody, it means you haven't screwed up and you must be doing something right. And they just let you they just let you cook. And that's why we're so successful. And that's why everyone's so passionate about working there because it really feels like they just let you do your thing, you know.
0: I love it. And then sort of, as you mentioned at the beginning of your journey that you started off on the more like professional baseball and the team side of working for the Mets and then working for Major League Baseball. What was that day to day like? And then what I guess made you decide that, hey, I'm going to pursue basically like the different side of baseball working in the entertainment and media on Barstool side?
2: Yeah. So I worked for the Mets for the 2015 season. So if you were ever going to work there, that was the time (laughs) to be there. Me and my dad went to all the playoff games, all the World Series games. I have like the national championship ring. So it was like the perfect time to be there. That being said, they only generally hire sales is what I was told. So I was inside sales making 90 phone calls a day. You have to have like two and a half hours of talk time. It was brutal. Um, And when I went in for the interview, I knew I wanted to do social media. They didn't have an opening. So it was like, this is how you get your foot in the door then we'll, you know, you'll have a fast track if anything opens with an internal interview. And I got an interview, like they were true to their word. And then I went in for the interview and the person interviewing me was basically like, you do sales here. Like, why would I ever give you this social media job? And I'm like, because I have a background in it. I have a degree in it. Like at the time I knew if I didn't get that job, I was going to leave. So I was back getting my master's uh, at Hofstra University. So I had a lot of things going where it wasn't like make or break for me, but it was just so enlightening that they were just like, toss you aside. Um, and then from there I stayed, they extended me until the 2016 season. And the one thing I tell a lot of people, especially when you're getting into like the sports field, people change and move all the time. Like you put in a year, year and a half, like that's enough where you can justify, like trying to do like a lateral move and then move up. Um, so they wouldn't let me do social media at the Mets. So then I, left. And two months later, I was doing social media for the Mets from major league baseball. So it's like it, the way that it works is so roundabout. Um, but that's, that is the one thing you don't want to get stuck in a dead end job. Cause the longer you're there, the more you feel like you can't leave or it's harder to move on. Um, so if it's something that you give it a true shot and it's just not for you, don't, don't feel like you can't pull a plug, especially when you're young. Cause you guys are young. Like that's the time to do it
1: absolutely it's great to hear from you and um one of the things is obviously you said it a little bit barstool very different type of company especially when comparing it's like mets baseball and the mlp how's that day-to-day life the day in the life of me making content obviously again the podcast how's that part of your life
2: uh you know so many people wear so many different hats at barstool so it's like the mets the Mets podcast is like a very small section of my day. Like I wouldn't even say any part of my salary is dedicated to that. Like that's just a labor of love. Like I'm watching the games anyway, (laughs) Phil, same thing. Who's our other co-host and Clem and KFC are obviously content people first and foremost. Like they have a million other things that they're working on. So it's very much like pick it up, put it down, you know, constant texting in the chain of like, what's going on, breaking news. Like this is what we should talk about. Um, But it's very much in the moment. So Usually during the season, we'll have two episodes every week. Plus, if anything breaks, we'll have post-game um, coverage. Um, but for the most part, it's like quick email. Here are the breakdown of like what we're talking about in this upcoming episode. We riff back and forth before the episode just to get an idea of like who's going to say what and the points and that kind of thing. But as soon as you hit record, then it's a free-for-all. Then it's just like constant back and forth and it can go in any direction. We don't know where it's going to go until the show's over.
0: I love it. And that's especially you just got four big Mets fans in a room together, put them in a right. Zoom after a either miserable loss or something crazy happens, because I think the rule with the Mets is that it can't go a week without something crazy happening for us. But uh, definitely a fun experience to be doing that on the daily or at least a lot of Mets talk, whether it's on the podcast daily or texting about the Mets. I'm sure you guys go back and forth. On the daily. Oh yeah. And then I
2: have like the we do the social media like game recaps and Phil's doing former Phil now for the (laughs) for the minor league players because the team sucked at the end of the season. So there's nothing we could do or talk about. So we had to like pivot there. But it's just constantly evolving, which I love.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually the perfect segue because again, I ask every single person that's a map on here. What went wrong in your opinion? (laughs) I mean, everything went wrong, but in your opinion, what's what's the diagnosis?
2: I think we had this like magic lightning in a bottle type of season. And there were so many players playing, I wouldn't say above their head, but they were scratching the ceiling for a lot of players. Like Marte had an incredible season. It seemed like everybody Billy Epler brought in prior to the season starting in 2022 (laughs) hit. Like, and I mean that both pun intended and actually happening. So um, <laughs> I think they kind of rested on their laurels. They brought back Nimmo, which I thought was a great plan. There was nobody else that could have like brought more value at the time on the market, in my opinion. And then they, they filled in for DeGrom, who was already injured, so it felt like it was an upgrade no matter what with Verlander. He had Max coming back. On paper, that team should have, you're a Marlins fan, the <laughs> Marlins getting into the postseason, and the Mets getting shut out of the postseason. And then the Phillies, same thing. It's like Three teams from the NL East made it, and the Mets had the highest payroll in baseball and didn't. Something went catastrophically wrong. Um, DH, and I'm going to point it to injuries, and Max underperforming. Those three things completely sank yeah. season.
0: Absolutely. And I think there's, there's a very difference, whether it's yourself or other people at Barstool, that when you're diagnosing the Mets problem, there's some very rational and very solid takes like you just gave where you laid out a very decent plan as to what went wrong. And then there's, I'll call it other, Barstool personalities <laughs> that will blame everything from being cursed to burial grounds underneath City Field to stuff like that. Yeah. So kind of tying the Mets as well as the Barstool culture together. What is that like knowing that Barstool has a lot of Mets fans there, whether it's the We Gotta Believe guys, whether it's Climber or Frank the Tank or anyone else like that, that you're basically around Mets fans 24-7, which can be a blessing as well as a very dark, dark place.
2: Yep. Misery loves company. So <laughs> there's never any shortage of uh, what to talk about, especially during the season. Um, actually, I remember when I first started, I, I'm i from Long Island, so I have to commute in. So I was getting there like very early, like well well before anybody else was there. And we had just brought Frank on full time. He just came into the office and it was just me and him. And I, I just made like a sideways comment as he was walking by. And I didn't know. I didn't think I knew it was a a little bit of an act or i thought it was at the time <laughs> and it's just him screaming at me at like 7 30 <laughs> in the morning about how miserable the mets are and i'm like oh like he lives this this is not just like the camera's on let me go it was like very true to form um so <laughs> right from that moment i knew i had to like not walk on eggshells with frank but i needed to have the energy to start a conversation with him for sure
1: that's awesome. yeah i think it's interesting how you how you said it like because frank i think is the prime example of like a lot of people are barstool against. since it's a media company everyone's kind of a personality and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like towing the line of are they just their authentic selves off the camera or is kind of it like a character like again Frank the Tank perfect example obviously guys like Dave everyone kind of is themselves and they market themselves so again as a person who just watches it and loves it watching on YouTube every day it's kind of that thing in the back of your head is when the cameras are off is this the same person
2: yeah and it's like at one point when we were first starting the Mets podcast um, you know, it's early on, we didn't have a huge following. I mean, we're still like building that following now. And there was a, a conversation from our former employee who was um, the head of like that type of decision making of, you know, I don't really know, like, if this is going to take off the way you guys wanted to, like, are we really going to dedicate like your time to it? And it was Kevin who was just like, I'm, I'm gonna be straight with you. I'm going to be talking about the Mets regardless. <laughs> so you might as well just turn the camera on like that. That was kind of like, he's like, we sit there and talk about them for an hour as it is like, just turn the camera on. And at least we can make it into a show. Cause regardless of if you're paying me or not, we're going to be talking about the Mets. So it's, I mean, it's um, very passionate about, and it's at this point, it's so many different things, right? Like we have like chicks in the office, we have plan we have uh, spit and chick. It's like, there's so many different avenues and so many like crossovers where, like, I'm a huge movie guy, like, and this is aside from Barcelona like, I have, like, a movie account that I just run on my own, because I enjoy it, and then you have Clemmer, who's doing his movie thing, the Lights, Camera, Pod guys, obviously, and now they're branching out for TV shows, and that sort of stuff, so it, it hits every single aspect of fandom, and that's what I love about it, because it's always something new.
0: And that was sort of a follow-up question that I had about that whole subject, is sort of, how does it get determined who does what, what goes out when, is it sort of, as you mentioned? everyone kind of has their free for all of doing whatever they want to do it. Is it really just like on a given day, everyone could produce one piece of content if they wanted to, yeah. or is it like, how does that work out?
2: Yeah. Um It's a little bit different probably now than when I first started, because I was in HQ too. Like, like I said, I'm from New York. So until they came here, this was never even on my radar. Um, And when I got there, there was like maybe a hundred people Um, where now we have, I don't know, something like 300, whatever it is at this point. Um, So that's how I got onto the podcast in the first place. I heard that they had done one episode and I just walked, I was on the business floor on the second floor in the old office. I walked up to the third floor and I just found Kevin. I said, do you guys need help? And he said, yeah, sure. Next thing I know, his brother BC super producer uh, was like, Oh, I'll show you how to edit the audio. I'll show you how to, I already knew how to edit the video from MLB. Um, So I was doing social clips for them. And then there was one day where Kevin couldn't make it and he was like, can you fill in for me? And then from that point forward, it was just like, yeah, you're on the show now. (laughs) So no other media company in the world runs that way. And that's why it's so great. And for people who like, it was so interesting when I worked for MLB, I was there for three seasons, not the greatest experience. They kind of like, it was a long runway to get to a position where it felt like you had benefits and you had like a livable wage and like that kind of stuff. And it was just nonstop like, well, if this is on your resume, you're very valuable to anybody else. So you can go get a job anywhere. Not necessarily the case. Like it's old considered older media where it was a struggle when I left and I just straight up quit because I couldn't do it anymore. And they said, well, where are you going to go? And I said, anywhere but here, like literally. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't, I, I'd already had my interviews with Barstool, but I did not have the job secured whatsoever. So, and then on the flip side, everybody, you know, From these legacy media companies like pretends to shit on us where in the back room like i'm not actively searching for a job but people will reach out and be like hey you're looking for a job because like they want to hire the proven method which like we have that secret sauce that people want you know i
0: love it and then you also just mentioned old school versus new school media and there's that big question of media is a really big word and includes article writing podcasts instant reactions videos stuff like that so I guess from you on a specific level before, I guess, Barstool as a whole, what would you say is like your primary, Hey, if I'm going to produce content, I want it to be in this format because I think that probably does, I guess, best in our weird digital age of like sports watching.
2: That's funny. Um, so I was going to be a broadcast journalist. Like I got my master's in journalism, mainly right. Like writing and on camera. Um, but Quickly, the shift just went straight to social and it was like right at that time where you know up until that point the only way you really had any like discoverability was you had a tweet go viral or somebody searched something on youtube and like it just blew up and people started following you whereas now you have tiktok and you have reels where like you just get into the algorithm and you're just seeing these creative strangers all the time um where That's where we're we're focused. That's where we're pushing. That's where the audience is. Everybody's trying to catch up to what they're doing. Now YouTube has shorts, same thing. Like they're all just ripping off each other. But that's definitely the way it goes. I prefer the blog and it's like old now, which is insane. (laughs) Um, But I feel like that's the best way to get to know, especially our people. It's the best way to get to know them because you're just reading them unfiltered. You're not like putting a face to it. You're just like, this person is genuinely funny or has a good take. Whereas like you could just see a video of somebody and you're like, I don't like him. I don't know why, but there's just something about him. I'm like, eh, even though the take could be good. So it's constantly evolving, but definitely like TikTok is definitely the fastest growing and where everyone's trying to get to.
1: Yeah, especially now. It just seems like in the last couple of years, like you said, the the growth of TikTok is just it's so easy to just become viral in like 30 second clips. Yeah, it, it's absurd.
2: All you need is a hook. And once you draw them in for 15 seconds, it just like shoots them off. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I love it. So then we did have mentioned earlier in the episode, we talked a little bit New York Mets baseball. Whenever I have a Mets guest on with us, I know Nico hates the part of the episode where we start talking Mets baseball, but I have to ask you, <laughs> the state of the Mets is kind of in turmoil right now. David Stearns is coming in. So it looks like we're on the uptick, but we don't have a manager. We don't have a general manager. There's a couple holes to fill based on last year so state of the Met, state of the union would be.
2: I'm just ready for a time where we have a cemented front office <laughs> because it's been nine years of just a revolving door of some of the same people, some people that don't even start the job. They get fired before they even get into the job. Uh, I understand why Billy Epler had to walk away. If we lose a draft pick, I don't know if you can curse on here, but I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Uh, (laughs) If We lose that draft pick. I will lose it. You're telling me the Mets win 75 games and have the sixth overall pick, and then we lose it because we're incompetent with the IL? Like, that is insane to me. Um, I don't know who the manager is. I don't know if there's an answer to that. If it's Craig Council, like, everybody's going to sign up for that. Um, I think Craig probably wanted to, like, take a year off after he's doing with the the Brewers. Um, But now that he gets a chance for New York, possibly – um, general, sometimes the general manager goes. It's so fresh. I'm like, I don't even know who we go to get. I think that Kim would be great. I, I can't believe that they let her walk the Marlins. Yeah, that's a that's I'm, a tough look. They're <laughs> trying to demote her in a season where they made the postseason. Like that's insane.
1: Terrible, terrible. Hopefully, so, what I'm praying on, what I'm praying on, is that. So I'm a Marlins guy just because I'm from Miami, but mm-hmm. my real team's the Red Sox.
2: Okay, so well I'm, there you I'm go.
1: Praying on a star. <laughs> a shooting yeah. star, that somehow we find a way.
2: They, I, I just, mean, I, the reports say that they like her. So, I know. And she is very good at her job. Exactly. Uh, that, that would be – I mean, if they could get her selfishly for the Mets, I would be very happy as well. So, Absolutely. We'll have to wait and see. But and that's what I love about baseball too. It's like it's such a grind for the season, and then I'm not even watching the postseason. It's so tough. I was just checking the scores <laughs> to make sure the Braves lost – now I have <laughs> to deal with the Phillies, but as soon as the season's over, then it's like hope springs eternal. Like, oh, the Mets could possibly be good again because, like, we it's just a mental illness that we keep <laughs> coming back year after year. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I, what do you what do you guys think? Well, you're not a Mets fan, but Dylan, what do you think is the the solve for the Mets?
0: I had, it's a. I think you hit the nail on the head with the sort of we need. I think it was the weird. There's been like six managers in the last six years or something like that. We've had Ugh. nine GMs in the last seven years. If you include that like triumvirate of Ricardi, Mania, and Rico is three GMs versus one. But manager is interesting. Cause I don't know if Craig Counsel wants to come slash is gonna come. Right. And then we've literally it's been what two weeks and we haven't heard a single candidate, which is a little, little weird. But I don't know if that's maybe they're purpose. waiting
2: for the postseason to end. I don't know. But like I was a big buck guy. Like I don't yeah. know where you fall on him, but The Mets have not had a manager in my lifetime that's been competent, probably since Willie Randolph. Like people can say whatever they want about Terry Collins because he had the rant and they made that miracle (laughs) run. But like he was just like a cool guy to have in the clubhouse that nobody had an issue with. That's how he kept his job. That was like some of the worst Mets product on the field for years. And he was just like, yeah, we're not going to fire him because it's not his fault. The team sucks, you know, (laughs) Buck was like an actual manager who understood the game. And I get why they, you know, Stearns wants to put in his own guy if he's going to, Run, you know, become the president of baseball operations. He wants to have his soldiers, so I get it. But like, I'll have to wait and see because, aside from council, what are they gonna do? They're gonna sign <laughs> Kepler. Like, he just got fired. Like, we're just gonna fi- we're just gonna hire someone who's been fired. So yeah, maybe Beltron. That would be a wild card pick.
0: Yeah, that's the and, weird thing is <laughs> those are the two I said. That yeah, <laughs> I said the the dark horse. I don't know if it's possible, but would AJ Hinch leave Detroit? to come back here because he has a relationship with Stearns from their Houston days, but
2: I mean, I'm sure he wants to get out of Detroit. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Let's we'll say interesting. Like, do you hire someone with experience, but they've been fired probably, or do you go someone new, like a Beltran Chavez, Mark DeRosa area, or I have no clue. Yeah.
2: I mean, Chavez is an interesting one. I know Cohen was like actually very mad that they hired, that they fired Beltran before he took the team over like the Wilpons fired him he didn't fire him he was happy about the signing and like he's got that um you know the latin flavor too with his wife and his uh, father in law and everything so like he understands like it's important in queens and flushing and everything like that as well and it just on top of it he's a great baseball mind and instead you got luis rojas instead it was like
1: <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here you know
2: it's like oh here's just another guy who was going to be the bench coach and like now he's just the manager for two years yeah like we just need a stable we just need a stable five years. I don't am not asking for a lot. Just five years of nobody <laughs> being fired or, or walking away.
0: Uh-huh. And I think so. if Stern's got the five year deal, hire someone young to be the manager right. for five years, get a new GM exactly. in there. But I don't know, Epler apparently was rumored, wasn't it, Nico? It was like Boston or somewhere like that that he might have actually been talking before.
1: Yeah. So yeah. like the report I saw was that the Red Sox reached out like right when he got f- um right when he said he was leaving. And then he's like Wait an hour, and then like after like an hour, the it dropped like all the stuff about the about the IL like maneuvering, and then they were just like they just stopped talking.
0: (laughs) That can't that can't be it because every because right now
1: the Red Sox have the problem of every single person. This is the reason I believe it. The Red Sox have the problem of every single person they reach out to have been like nah, I'm good (laughs) for like one reason or another. Some people are just like I don't really want to. Other people, it's the ownership. Other people, it's that they would want to bring in a new head coach and. They're not leaving, moving from Alex Cora. So it's just, like, the first, like, five people we've reached out to all have been, like, thanks for no thanks. (laughs) So I honestly believe it from the simple thing of, hey, it's another candidate that maybe could be interested.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't know if Epler gets another job Uh in, like, the the immediate future. Like, who's to say he doesn't get suspended for whatever this ends up being? That's the weird thing.
0: What could it, like, Every like not to say every team IL manipulates, but I feel like every team utilizes the phantom IL. So unless it's just let's pick on and, the Mets,
2: and it's also like, what advantage did we get from that? Yeah. We had we had Vogel back, and we had <laughs> we had <laughs> we had uh, La with his finger. People were saying maybe yeah. that's what it is. It's like we're gonna get sanctioned for a quadruple <laughs> A guy. Like, are you kidding me? So I don't know. Yeah, that's the. Thing. It's like, always something Mets.
1: <laughs> I think he's a scapegoat because. I I think AJ Przinski like on his podcast he once talked about he was like yeah I went to the office one day and they asked me hey what hurts <laughs> I don't know you yeah. know my, my hamstring's a little tight okay there could be like out um hamstring strain I yeah he's like what
2: something <laughs> that they can't point to like on a medical record of like yeah. this is torn or anything it's like oh yeah the, oh the other one was uh. What's his name? Couldn't see or whatever. He had fan oh, with his Nito, eyes. Then yeah. he had Nito had whatever was going on with that. He got dry eyes. Yeah. Like what do we do? Like they really pushed the envelope with that. So like maybe they did catch him.
1: <laughs> yeah, dry eyes is kind of uh... <laughs> not the best one.
2: <laughs> it's allergy season. He had the sniffles. Like what do we do?
1: Uh, it's always always
0: something fun in Metsland, and of course the off season will bring rumors of Otani and Yamamoto and everything yes. in between, but. Sure to definitely take a listen to We Gotta Believe and figure out what you guys are thinking about all the tumultuous stuff that will happen this offseason upcoming. But we have three fun rapid fire questions to throw at you in the name of Side Retired. Get three outs and you're all good with us if you're ready for them. All right. Is you're... this trivia? No, it's just like a okay. general question type thing. But all right. they usually produce some fun answers out of you. So the first one is it your favorite and then your most heartbreaking New York Mets memory
2: oh god um <laughs> there's a
0: lot for that second
2: faith, one. <laughs> yes favorite was probably well definitely be just the uh, run in 2015 that i can't even like pick a moment probably like just seeing daniel murphy tee off every single night for like seven nights each night straight whatever that was and uh joanna sespedes like frenzy of we didn't sign them then we signed them and you almost got rid of flores and gomez and all that definitely my favorite my most heartbreaking is that i was at the decisive game in 2006 where baltron struck out looking with the bases loaded so that was the endy catch so it was the highest of highs and then the absolute lowest of lows you've never heard a stadium be so loud and then so pin drop silent within a 5 second span in your entire life it was I, it's always like a "where were you?" moment type of deal, and that was that was bad. Yeah. yeah,
0: we've had a lot over the years, between the wild card last year to Matt Harvey in the ninth inning to yep. Connor Gillespie somehow being still ingrained
1: in my brain forever. But yeah, that's, it's not fun, <laughs> but it's no, it's, no, it's not. Yes. <laughs> Second question we got for you. This is my favorite one. Uh, we touched on it a little bit. That you played at GW. What's your walk-up song?
2: Oh, it depends on the year. So it's it right now. You, got, you know walk-up song right now. Oh, right now? Oh, that's tough. Uh damn, now you really put me on the spot.
1: <laughs> that's an on the spot one. <laughs>
2: oh I couldn't even tell you right now. There's just I'm not if listening to music. I'm it. like
1: <laughs> if it makes you feel it, people are either right off the bat they know it and they just yeah. spit out, or it's like this. So,
2: so I'll say <laughs>
1: Don't feel I'll like it, off.
2: When I was in college, I had "Can't Tell Me Nothing," Kanye. Oh West, my like, god! With that drop Stick from that. that, everything I picked was movie related. So like that Stick was a Hangover, that. and then I had uh, I had a funny one, which was "Tumble for You" by Boy George from uh, Billy Madison, where he's walking up and down the stairs with those trumpets. <laughs> I got a lot of compliments on that walking up to the plate.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm you, gonna man. go
2: with one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <I love you. laughs>
0: Awesome. Of course, trumpets. Hey, kind of came back 10 years later. Look mm, at us talking mm-hmm. the Dia style. Those will be back next year. That'll be fun when that returns. Yes. But the third question we have for you, sort of in appreciation for you hopping on the podcast with us today. We let you kind of dictate the future of the show and you get to nominate someone else from your journey, whether it's Barstool or someone else that you think could be a cool next guy to have on the podcast.
2: Oh, OK, I'm going to I'm going to nominate meek phil and i'm gonna tell him to come on and do it because he literally got the job at barstool just by being on the internet 24 7 like it was just constantly people sending his tweets in the chat of like oh this is funny oh this is an interesting (laughs) stat like if there's ever like a resume we do not take resumes at barstool it is like unless you're doing something technical or in sales like it is very much you have to prove your way in so there's like a process where Now, not to make the show run longer, but it used to be that, like, for me, I had to, like, just run a fake account for, like, a month and for them to check all my tweets to see, like, what I was covering, how I was doing, like, the the copy and all that kind of stuff. His resume was just that he tweets (laughs) 24-7, every single sport, whatever's going on at all times, and they were like, you're just hired. Like, you don't need – there's no (laughs) trial period. Like, you're just hired.
0: I love so, it. definitely
2: be... he's got That's an interesting awesome. story i'm sure
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah. so i know in our in our little side retired chat we definitely have sent our fair share of Meek meekville chats and everything yes. like that but if you also want to shout out your social medias or anything else that our audience can catch you on if they don't follow you just yet
2: yeah uh at kyle gelling on twitter so just strictly mets and if you're into movie stuff it's uh mr movie must knows on tiktok and instagram
0: I love it. So for Dylan, Nico and Kyle, we really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today. And until the next time, guys, the side is retired.